Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Press Road. Jonah Siegel here in smoke-filled Seattle. Uh, things are yellow and hazy, and we're being told not to go outside. I, I feel like we've arrived at this point in time where we are now mimicking the 10 plagues of the Passover story. Um, we've had murder hornets, pestilence, and now we got smoke, fire. Can't wait to see what's coming next. Uh, happy to report everybody is healthy. Uh, corona numbers seem to be low. Kids are back at school. Here it is online learning only, so not a lot of people leaving the house. But uh, really happy to be joining you today on NFL Kickoff Sunday with uh, someone whose work I've admired for a long time, who's had the cojones, if you will, ironically, to take a stand and speak up on issues in the business that I wrote about over the weekend. She is Michelle Storino. Michelle, how are you? Hi, how are you, Jonah? I'm doing good. It's uh, you know late afternoon here Sunday. The Seahawks won. The Blue Jays won. Unfortunately, the Raptors are out, but yeah, the, uh, the Denver Nuggets came back in the fourth quarter and blew the Clippers out. So, so far, so good. <laughs> That's good. I'm honestly, the Raptors were the last thing I was paying attention to, to be completely honest. Right. How, uh, how are you and your family holding up during whatever the hell is going on right now? Yeah, during COVID. Well, I mean, we've opened up more here in Ontario, but the numbers are going up again. So, uh, I mean, who knows, we might go backwards soon enough. And that's what a lot of people are kind of saying. So I, I think it's kind of like a wait and see right now. Um, I, I've been dealing with it pretty well, I guess. So, uh, so far, so good, really. Good for you. That's awesome. Well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it and stay healthy. Thank you. So you got a really interesting career and, and, and I want to leave lots of time to talk about the important stuff, but you, you're from the GTA, is that right? Yep. Grew up and, here at uh, Mississauga. Yep. And uh, started your career in Guelph at uh, the University of Guelph and Humber. Is that right? Yep. And how did that happen? How, how did you get involved in broadcasting there? Um, I took the media studies program. So it's a dual, uh, you get a diploma and um, and a degree in four years so that's what drew me to it getting the two pieces of paper in four years instead of five or six years um, so I took journalism as my diploma that I got from Humber and then it's media studies in terms of um, the degree that you get from the University of Guelph and yeah played rugby for the University of Guelph uh, during my entire tenure in university and uh yeah i it's funny because it's i knew what i wanted to do and it was just like getting the pieces of paper were just kind of like part of the process you know and just learning as much as i could in terms of about like the industry um just so i could graduate and hurry up and you know get, get the experience and kind of get on my way in terms of being in the industry and actually i went to school with ben ennis from the Fan 590, so him and I were in the same class and everything as well. So you've um, you worked for pretty much all the major, almost all the major outlets at one point or another. You were with uh, yeah, 
You're with Sportsnet, the Fan 590. You were with City News. You were within TSN 1050 and then wrapped up at Sirius. Yeah. Um, what was were you like a sports media fan growing up? Were there, were there people you were trying to emulate? Did you have a, God, I wish I could be like X on air, TV, radio. What was the story? Uh, yeah, grew, grew up playing like pretty much every single sport I could. Uh, everyone in my family were, it's just my sister and I, but we were both huge sports fans. Uh, my dad kind of conditioned us really early. Uh, and then we, yeah, I would listen to the fan 590 as soon as it started in the car with my dad, when we, when he would drive me to practices and games and stuff. So I got really into sports and whatever it was, um, at a really young age and Teresa Herger at the time. And then she ended up being Teresa Cruz from TSN. She was the first female sports caster. Uh, that I remember anyways, and that was huge for me growing up watching her. Uh, then Catherine Humphreys on City TV was a pretty big influence too, just because I enjoyed her style so much. She was uh, sarcastic and goofy and got away from sports because she wanted to know the humans and the people behind the athlete. So I really liked that part. Um, so yeah, like that always always on my mind just because I was an athlete and then I watched those people growing up and to me personally I didn't really care if it was radio or television I really re I really wanted to be on TV um, just because I thought TV was the way to go kind of thing um, and yeah and I really liked doing interviews and everything like that I liked like I said Catherine Humphreys I enjoyed her style of getting to know the people behind the athlete and that's what I really liked knowing too, like having fun, getting, you know, being really jokey and stuff like that with them and sarcastic. And because I was a jock at heart as well, I felt like I could, you know, be on the same level as a lot of other players because I played sports. So I was a very competitive person. I could see eye to eye with them and I got the locker room kind of banter as well. Right. I knew, I knew all the locker room banter because I was always part of it. Um, yeah, and the other people that, like, in terms of Americans that I looked up to, um, Susie Cobbler, I looked up to, Pam Oliver, I looked up to a lot, um, just because, first of all, there was no discrimination in terms of, um, obviously the sex and their age as well, because they were older women in the industry, even when I was growing up, like, right, they weren't, they weren't like the young little Barbies or whatever on the sideline they were very and i loved them because they were good they yeah. told yeah. amazing stories you know and they would get the information and their delivery was always so on point um so i loved that whereas like it was very inclusive like those two women in particular just like how they uh just delivered their information on the sidelines so those two i thought were really big um and i always thought that if i could get to that level where I was like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people could recognize a Pam Oliver or a Susie Cobbler and stuff. Like you would know, you know their names at least, right? So I just thought to myself, okay, well, if I got to that level, when I get to that level, um, maybe I could help a lot. Maybe I could help people if I got, you know, um, any kind of sponsorship or whatever, then I would use my popularity to help other people in that regard. And then 
as the years went by, that dream kind of diminished more and more and more, unfortunately, you know? So, um, but yeah, but those were the main people that I looked up to between um, being in Canada versus the uh, American broadcasters. I'm going to, let's go to the punchline first, because I think that'll set the table for the rest of the discussion. Sure. Um, you took to Twitter back in August, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was around the 20th or so, and announced your exit. I'm not going to say retirement because one never knows what, what could come down the road, but let, let's That's call right. it an exit. Yeah. Um, and let's you know, being honest with each other, it, it wasn't a graceful way to walk out the door. And, and I think that's what makes you a unique talent. And I think that's what allowed you to do such an awesome job in all the different places that what is very respectable is you told it like it is. And, and this was no different. So yeah. for those who haven't seen it, let me just read. You, you talk about leaving the business walking away from a show, a successful show on Sirius XM on the NHL network. Um, and you basically say, quote, whatever you think or believe about how far we've come as an industry or society in terms of equality simply isn't true. Sexism and gender bias are still prominent. So you go on and say just how difficult life is for a woman in the business. In my experience, I know I've been passed over because I don't fit a certain mold. I'm 5'9 with an athletic build that intimidates most, so I don't match a BS stereotype of what a woman should look like. We come in all shapes and sizes that are not represented as such. The sports media industry, is run by insecure middle-aged men who have a narrow-minded idea of beauty and are scared of change. But guess what? Change and evolution are inevitable. Those are, uh, them's fighting words. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they caused a lot of people certainly to notice. And we, we are in an unprecedented time globally where we are looking at equality broadly um and you you've raised you know you, you've you've opened up the lens you've raised an issue um in our country canada especially where uh things aren't as good as we'd like to think they are and yeah. it, it seems like you're not sure you remember this but i certainly do when when Lisa Olson had that issue in the New England Patriot locker room, uh, we, we, we assume that things have evolved a long time. That was a long time ago. The prevalence of women in broadcast is dramatically increased. Yet, here's someone who's earned her stripes is saying, not so fast, things aren't as rosy as perhaps we on the outside think they are. Have I properly summarized that? Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good summary. I know. And the thing is too, like I don't I didn't really want it to be I know it's it sounds angry, right? But no. you know what? It was it like no. it's I mean, the honest, harsh truth. And I think that's what people hate to to figure out. That the truth hurts sometimes. 
And that's really what it is. And part of my statement um, was about a professor at Ryerson University. Her name is Lori Beckstead. She reached out to me during the pandemic, especially during the lockdown portion of the pandemic. And she was doing a study on women in sports radio in Canada. And she asked me to do something like this that we're doing right now, an interview, Zoom call. And we talked about, you know, she asked me about my experiences in the industry. When have you felt this? Like very specific, specific things. You know, can you give me examples perhaps on when you felt that, you know, there was definitely a division where someone like a male was being chosen over you or that you were being told that you weren't doing a good job because of maybe what you wanted, you know, like she just was very specific with things. And it honestly, it stirred, it really stirred me. Like it got, I was very emotional throughout it, through that interview with her because it was pretty much placing a mirror over my entire career and being like, you're right. This is BS. And I have experienced this more than I'd like to admit you know? And then when she gave me the numbers, that just was jaw dropping to me. So uh, I was one of 13 women in all of Canada to have a hosting job in sports radio. So, which so, uh, let yeah. me interrupt you for just one second. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you something more shocking. Okay. I think that number is high. Yeah. Because, well, you think that you can only put your finger on a couple, right? Yeah, like to me, that was a yeah. relief. I like the four percent's shitty. Um, yes, but to hear that there's 13 women in Canada hosting a sports radio show on radio right now, top of my head, I only know of one. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's because I'm gone. Ashley's gone, so that's already two more. Because when she did it, Ashley, I think, still had a job, right? So there's the, us two are now gone. So that would bring it down to 11. Um, I think she also included someone. Uh, I can't. I don't know her name. I'm so sorry. But she's out in Vancouver, I believe, and does some. She's like the host of the Canucks games. Okay. So I don't think she hosts a show, perhaps. But she's still technically a host, right? So I'm just going to say that I think that whether it's 13 or 11, it's way better than, I mean, and, and listen, it's an embarrassingly low number. Don't get me wrong. Yes. Yeah. It's way better than I thought it was. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It, I mean, and she also gave me numbers and talked to me about numbers in terms of other, it's not just sports radio where there's this really weird misconception in news radio where it's like, you feel like you're hearing a woman more often than what you actually think. So you think, oh no, that's not the case. There's actually a lot of women, but on average around Canada, the um, amount of women that are on air is between 24 and 27%, which is still not even a third of on-air talent. So I, I'll, I'll admit, I don't watch a ton of highlight shows. Well, TV's different, though. TV's different. Oh, well, I'm talking I, radio. Oh, radio. Yeah. Yeah, radio, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let me ask you a question. So my, my goal is not to get you emotional. 
That's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> um, you've worked in all, all the major outlets. You, you were at Rogers the Fan. You were at City. You were at TSN. And you were at Sirius. Um, did you have to, as, as part of your gig, did you have to go into locker rooms? Yep. And how brutal is that as a woman today? It's, it's not terrible. Okay. You, um, I mean, the thing is, there's always, there is always a sense of judgment when people look at you. Okay. So depending on what your build is, how pretty you are, like, there's always this look of like, Hmm, I wonder why she's here. Okay. You know, like that's, that's the feeling I always got, you know, and obviously the more and more you're around, the less and less those looks get, right. You get those looks a lot less because you're a regular, you you're there, you know, what's going on and all that. Right. So, um, the other thing is you have to also understand that when you, for me anyways, how I was taught, you do everything with like full integrity, right? So you, th I thought about all the time, making sure I looked completely respectable going into locker rooms. You never want to give off the bad, a bad impression, right? Yep. And not only did I think about that all the time in terms of what to wear, how to look and everything where you never want to wear a shirt that's too low cut. But I also thought about things for me because uh, the stature I have is a little bit like I've got wide muscular shoulders. I'm five, nine without shoes. I had to think about, okay, don't wear high heels because I'm just going to dwarf these athletes. You know what I mean? Like I had to think about stuff like that all the time because you do get those looks. You do like, it's a thing. It's actually a thing. And like, you know, no one's ever going to look, I love Zyz. No one's ever going to look at Mike Zeisberger. That's a tall man. That is a huge tall man. And no one's ever going to think like, you know, <laughs> oh, okay. Like his stature is so overwhelming or whatever. Like, no, you actually, you don't really think that for, for him, but you, you do get those kind of looks and that feeling when you're a woman, it's just different. Right. However, it's not that it, that doesn't not make it welcoming. I still felt okay being in that atmosphere. It's just, you always kind of feel that underlying judgment, if that makes sense. For sure, because nobody on the team side, management or players looks, I would imagine, looks at a man and wonders, are they here on the merits or are they here because of their looks? Yeah, yeah. And that's just the reality of it. Like that's. So is, so I'm going to ask a very difficult question then. Is that reality or is that perception? Hmm. Maybe it's perception. Maybe I, I, I can admit that. I mean, has anyone ever treated you that way? Ask the question like you're just here. You're not, but because you're a dumb blonde, go with me here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in so many think. words, has anyone made you feel that way? I don't want to say verbally okay. because 
the other other writers and stuff like unless you're impeding other writers and broadcasters unless you're impeding on their story they don't really care they're there to get their you know information and get the hell out of there which we all are right yeah um but i kind of feel like players totally do that okay like you know and like people with a team and stuff like that so for instance like i would contact you know pr um people representatives for teams and then they would give me a hard time and then when i would get there i would definitely go schmooze them talk to them and be like okay so this is what i want to do and this is what i'm and just to make sure that you know they they know like what i'm about and they understand what i'm about and then it goes over so much better that way so i think i i don't know if i don't know if a male would have to go through that so my perception is skewed because I only have my perception, right? So no, I'm not you sure. Know, if I, but you right? know, you know, as an interviewer, when you're asking a question of someone, whether they're listening, whether they're paying attention, whether they're focused on the question, or whether in the back of their mind, they're looking you up and down and evaluating you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's all that too has happened. Like, I mean, I feel more that about the athletes than I do. Um, anybody else in the industry so yeah my question is more on i'm not talking about media fellow media members i'm oh, talking okay about, yeah i'm talking about the teams the people you actually have to cover yeah yeah you feel that for sure for sure um especially because too i just felt that more because i a lot of the time would want to talk about things that were off the ice or off the field so i would have a very different perspective creative way of asking questions or getting interviews so i have like a perfect example um interviewed brian bickle of the chicago, chicago blackhawks i knew he was an avid fisherman and i knew that when they won the stanley cup he went on a fishing show with the stanley cup so i knew that and i knew what he liked to fish for so when i showed up for the interview i brought a lure a bass lure because I knew he was a big bass fisherman. So I bought a lure and talked to him about fishing for the first like minute or two of the interview. And I said, this is my gift to you and yada, yada, yada. And then opened him up. We got a great, but to get that interview at first, the PR guy didn't really want me to do it. He was like, why are you here with that? Like he didn't, they didn't like it. Brian also looked at me really weird and like, thought I was full of it but when he realized that I had done so much research because I could I knew I knew everything about him kind of thing and what I wanted to talk to him about he asked me multiple times and then he went and followed up with the PR person and said make sure you get a copy of that interview like he went out of his way to make sure he got a copy of the interview I did with him because I was so different because I you know so that's what I mean like that's just one and because I left such a good I kind of want to say I had a good standing with Brian after that. The PR guy gave me whatever I wanted all the time. So whenever I said, okay, I'm going to be in town, we're here, 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 I would no problem with, with any player I wanted and stuff. And he was always so great with me. But I often wonder, would that happen? Would that happen with a male? Would you get that kind of resistance? Or you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. But that's not like that. I asked the question, but that that's not the stuff that you're talking about. When you, when you, when you write your your 
release, if you will. That's not the stuff that you're talking. I mean, that that's that is very subjective, right? I mean, it, without knowing the PR person, I, I think you would agree that we could say you're new. He doesn't know you. You're coming out of left field. You've got a strange yeah. interview topic. So part of their job is to be gatekeepers. So it is possible that that was the reason for the resistance. Now, yeah, true. Would a male get less resistance? Maybe, but maybe not. Right? Like, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, the stuff you're talking about is a lot more, I assume, is a lot more objective. Um, you know, listen, like you're in a hard business. If it's 13 women and 4%, as I said, no denying that that number is wrong. If it's wrong, it's wrong the wrong way, not the right way. Um, how, how hard was it to, to, to advance in the business through your career? Hmm. Well, that's an interesting question because I always felt like when one door closed, a window opened. So even when, like when city news channel shut down, um, I wasn't really without a job or anything for that long until I got hired by NHL network. And it was because I had had previous experience and friends in the industry that knew me and knew I did good work um, that would give me contact numbers. Hey, I think so-and-so always said that, you know, they really need a woman and they need a female voice and whatever. So you should contact them. So that's what I would do and keep going. Right. And like, just try to kind of keep on knocking on those doors. And I did get opportunities and that's technically how I got into NHL where it's like a good friend of mine that I worked with at the fan years before, you know, told me like, Hey, I know that they're looking for a female, send an email, this, that I went, I obviously did my research and had to impress in order to get a job, right. In order to get the job, I wasn't just handed something. Um, and that's the thing. Like I've always done my research a lot and I've always prided myself on the knowledge aspect and knowing just as not just enough or excuse me just as much or even more than my male counterparts because I don't want anyone ever thinking that I'm dumb that I'm just there you know what I'm saying like I don't want anyone to think that I'm just there because I'm female right to fill a quotient to quote you know to fill a quota oh I'm you're there just to fill in numbers like no that's not why I'm here right um, but you were saying in terms of, were you thinking, were you asking in terms of, sorry for misunderstanding your other question, but were you asking in terms of, um, the bias in terms of like my stature and stuff too? Let, let's, let's pause for one second. I'm sure. going gonna, gonna to pay some bills and, uh, you can have some water and then I'll rephrase my question differently. How's that? Okay, sure. Sounds good. All right, so the, the wait's finally over. Football is back. You may not be at the game this year, but you can still be in front of the action at Bet Online. I watched a bunch of games today, and we had uh, the, red, the red zone on every game, every update. I got to admit, it's good to have sports back in full bloom when the NFL does it better than any, anyone. Uh, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. There is always the online casino if you don't want to bet on sports. 
If you head to betonline.ag today, you can take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. One thing, no matter what's going on in the world, that's really important, and that is a good night's sleep. My friends at Sleep Envy have a mattress that is actually more than a mattress. You get to customize it. You get to take the one-minute quiz. Best part is it ships right to your door in a box. You get to try it for 100 nights. Not happy? You can send it back. I don't think that's going to happen, but you can. You can use Press Row at checkout right now to get 25% off. They still are giving 10% of sales to Feed the Hungry during the coronavirus. Again, that's Press Row at sleepenvy.com. Last but not least, yes, we are in the post-Labor post Day and not much going on now from a holiday perspective, but there's always a good time to buy that piece of jewelry for your favorite special person. Go to my friends at vanderhoutjewelry.com. That's V-A-N-D-E-R-H-O-U-T jewelry.com. You can customize your order. Incredible customer service team willing to personalize. Take your order today. And if you use the code SPORTS20, we'll give you an extra 20% off your order. Again, Vanderhout Jewelry and use SPORTS20. So I guess my question was more, not talking about going from job to job, but it's clearly, it, it is clear in your words and listening to you and, and talking to you a little bit offline that at least in your mind, and I'm sure you have concrete examples, um, where you were passed over for advancement and you feel that part of the reason you were passed over was either the fact simply that you were a woman or you were a woman that didn't fit a certain model. You didn't, you didn't fit a certain look, physique, what have you. That's more what I was asking about. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, where I was passed over in terms of like physique, for sure, I have an example of that. I don't really want to give names uh, if that's okay. Names. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just started. I was, uh, I started my career in junior hockey because I was a gigantic hockey fan and yeah, I know for a fact, like, because I was a host and um, I hosted a couple different, um, for a couple different teams, actually. That's how I got my start. And I was one of a, only a few female hosts. Like there were some, I guess you could say, women who had other positions on OHL broadcasts, but weren't like the actual host. Right. So I remember doing like a school day game for one of the, for one of the teams, I was the host and I was doing my best, like spitting out my knowledge and like talking about stats, actually talking about the game and everything. And then the fan in the stands person who really had no background in sports, just literally they needed someone because it was a school day game. So it was like inundated with little kids. So they're like, we need a fan in the stands just to get, you know, people and no background really in sports. No, this, it was like her first broadcast. And the questions were like purely, so like, who's your favorite player? Like even the tone of the voice was, you know, like yeah, you could tell, you could tell, I'm sorry, but you could tell. And like literally two weeks later, I saw her on a Marley's broadcast. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, somehow that advanced. And then, 
And when I saw like on the other broadcasts, she needed help from the other people, from the other, she was like a co-host. She needed help from other co-hosts, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, she's probably not meant to really do that right now. Like, I'm not saying that she wouldn't be talented enough and she wouldn't get to that point, but clearly it was just like, and she was small, blonde, right? Fit that mold. So like, hmm, no experience and no in real interest in the game itself versus someone who's definitely put in her time and energy and whatever into doing it. So it just, the other thing too, that also validates what I'm talking about is that you look at any, so sports in throughout Canada. Okay. It's television. I mean, there's Jennifer Hedger. I know she's a taller woman. Uh, and she's got a little bit more of a muscular build. Not really a lot, though, in terms of variance of what you're looking. Now we've gotten more inclusive in terms of different cultures being represented, right? But yep. back when I was trying to be more regular on television, there wasn't. There really wasn't. A di- there was lots. It was strictly like blondes. Like, I, you know, like there was Martine, Ivanka, uh, even Catherine Humphreys, who I loved, blonde. Um, Jennifer Hedger, blonde, like everybody was blonde, blonde. There was a certain look. Um, and that was like just the thing, you know, you, you could see it. It was definitely uh, very oh. prevalent, right? Very prevalent in terms of just even like the whole look itself, right? Mm-hmm. It was very, very prevalent. And still now, I mean, how often do you see someone that's over, like, I'm just going to throw out a number. How often do you see a woman over 150 pounds or 100? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't. You don't see a bigger woman. You don't see um, women with, like, glasses on even. Or you don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't see. But a man could look however the hell he wants to look. Right? Then you switch it and you think to yourself, watch CBC News Channel. There are different sexes, races, sizes of women and men doesn't matter what they look like, but they're damn good at their job, right? They're damn good. No one hired Peter Mansbridge because of his looks. I'm really sorry, but you know what I mean? Like it's, I, but news is very different. Sports, there's a, there's, there's definitely a, a bias in sports. You can't deny it. You look at, look at our industry compared to every other industry. The only other industry that I could say that had the same kind of bias would be weather. So how much of that is on the audience and how much of that is on the network executives? Oh, it's not on the audience. Why would that be on the audience? They don't make the decisions. And even if they did, even if they had focus groups, what, who, why, why do we think that they, that the people who hire, listen to focus groups. I know. See, what's fascinating about what you're telling me is I think that most people, and a good chunk of my article, by the way, was about the lack of women in the Toronto sports radio. You know, know, there are lots of slots during the day. Those stations put on a lot of programming, Monday to Friday and weekends, 24 hours a day where I find it hard to believe they couldn't find someone like you 
to help groom and put into a regular slot at some point to give That's you right. enough, enough rope to get enough experience. Yeah. But what you're saying is very different. And that is that it's not so much that there's a lack of opportunity for women per se. It's that there's a bias towards a certain look of women. That's television, but that's TV. For radio, if we're talking radio, listen, I'll be straight up. The only time I got an opportunity to be on during the day was when people were on vacation. And I never really got the opportunity of being like, hey, you should try doing the morning show because of whatever. It was, you could try the morning. It was so-and-so is hosting the morning show and they wanted me to be part of it with them. So there's a, you know? there's a laundry list of guys who are on both stations uh, who have had the benefit, if you will, of time to earn their stripes, whether you think they're good or not. You mm-hmm. mentioned your friend Ben Ennis is, is one, but yeah, he fits that mold. And I'm not picking on Ben, but he fits that mold. There's, there's a bunch of white dudes, if you will, <laughs> At yeah, the stations. So, so why aren't women getting those same chances in radio? Because it's not a look. Clearly, it's not a no, look. It's not. It's not. So, it's so not what do you think is going on? That's tough. Uh, I mean, it has to be like that we, what, we just aren't good enough. That has to be, to me, I know. I don't. But what else would you say it is that people don't want to hear a woman's voice? No, I think that's, right? I think that's bullshit. I, yeah, I think that's exactly. Bullshit. Right. But like to me, I did. I never. So as an example, right. Did you receive coaching? Sorry for Did you receive coaching at any that's of those ex- networks as you were moving up? I was just going to talk about that. I asked, I asked for constructive criticism all the time. And unfortunately, I don't know why it is, but in this industry, I'm not sure if it's maybe just where I have been, but they do not give you constructive criticism unless potentially you ask for it and you get very little or you're, they don't tell you what you need to work on and you're out the door. Right. So, so we're led to believe that we're led to believe that following most shows, there's a meeting after the show with somebody in management to go over the show that just took place. Are you saying that doesn't go on or that didn't go on while you were there? <laughs> no, definitely not. No. So, I mean, you can be, that's, that's why I was, that's why I know for sure it's bias because if I'm asking to be critiqued, uh, we give me no criticism and uh, we're not taking me off the air, so I'm clearly not bad. Uh, can you answer me why that is then? If you, right? How do you answer that question then? There is no other answer. What, what's the other answer? Yeah, I mean, it's it just, it's very, I'm not calling you a liar when I say this. It's just, it's very hard to understand how if you're at a network like the Fan 590 or at TSN Radio 1050, let's just look at those two, and you're put on air and you're asking for 
constructive criticism or you're saying things like my goal is to get to be host or co-host of a regular show. What do I need to do to do that? It's hard for me to believe that there's no response to that. Right. And I'm not so, calling you a liar. I, I don't I no, just, no, that's fine. You don't like, I'm not taking it as you are. Um, so when I was at the fan, uh, I did get coaching. That's different. Okay. Where, but I also started there and I was very young in the industry. Okay. So I did get a lot of guidance. Doug Fairway, Nelson Millman have been two of the more influential people in my life. Okay. Um, and they both gave me constructive criticism, like for both radio and television, but they've been the only people that have literally given me constructive criticism along my route. When you went to TSN 1050, how long ago was that? Um, I can't even remember. It was, it was like my first couple years I was, cause I was working both at NHL network and there. So and I wasn't there for very long. I was there just so doing you, updates. So to be clear, when you said you didn't get, you asked for feedback and didn't get it, where was that? NHL. I got it in spurts. So your, your last gig, Sirius XM? Yep. Okay. And you've, you've chosen to leave there, right? Like you didn't have yep. a foot on your ass. Like you nope. pulled the ripcord. Yeah, I pulled the ripcord because of the final straw that happened there. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. So I had experienced it. What was the final straw? Uh, the final straw was me not hosting me being the only female there and me being the only host, not getting equipment to host from home. But you, you were a host of a show. How are you supposed to host a show from home if they don't give you equipment? Right. What were you, what was, what were you told? Yeah. I was told that there wasn't enough equipment. So how are you supposed to do your job? You have to go Correct. to the store yourself and buy it. Yeah. I, there was that, but that's it. And that's nothing. I would, they were said they, they wouldn't need, they wouldn't need me. Uh, so during COVID during the real lockdown where like there were, were no games, I let that go. I was like, fine, there's no games. Can't do a post game show, whatever. I'll let it go. It's nothing. It's fine. But then literally the day the preseason started, the day it started. All right. Yeah. I got an email the morning of, listen, we all knew the return to play protocol. We knew when stuff was going to happen. We yep. had, yeah, we, we had ample time to discuss this and to go over things. That's also what gr- really grind my gears. Um, I got an email saying we don't have enough equipment and that we like, you won't be doing any shows for doing the post game shows over during this COVID time, because we're also not going back to the station until at least September. And of course, as we know, it's September and we're in like the East and West finals and not much of the season left. And it's like, it's two months. So I'm sure they probably thought, Oh, it's two months. It's fine whatever. But I responded with that saying, okay, well, what constitutes who gets equipment and who doesn't? I said, because time service, I don't think is um, really one of the reasons why, 
because someone who has been at NHL Network got equipment and was hosting. So it's definitely not time service if I've been there for eight years and this other person has been there for three. And I said, I have a hard time believing that a broadcast company can't buy more equipment, can't potentially rent or borrow equipment, or can't figure out a way that we could rotate equipment. And I got no response back. Zero. Not an email saying, I'll look into this. Nothing. No response whatsoever. So how would you take that if you didn't even get a response back to the questions you would like answered? Well, I mean, it sounds to me like you've been constructively terminated. Um, well, not really. Not if you can not if you can actually like say that though. But they don't you give never, you, they didn't give you the means to, to do your job. Yeah, but you still have to say that though. You still have to say, listen, we don't think blah blah blah. Like I risk listen, you have to understand too. Well, what you're not gonna say that I'm you're not going to actually verbally say that I'm terminated. You're not going to actually come up with an email saying that I'm terminated. If I'm terminated, come on. That's also super disrespectful. How many people, yeah. How many people get dismissed in not even an email saying that you're dismissed and having maybe the HR being um, CC'd on an email or coming it coming from HR. No, that's BS. I'm sorry. But like, if that's the way of you doing it, then you have no balls yourself because you can't even do it properly and you and you're so disrespectful right so what, about, what about the team that was helping you with your shows your producer um what well, i don't equipment? have a, i didn't, Did have, they get I didn't equipment? have a um the people that were ops yeah they were ops so i didn't get a producer it was just ops being your like they were doing Right, they were opping and they were on the air with you, and that was it. But you, you had a so, producer to help you produce your show, no? No, I didn't. No, I did everything myself. Not the same with your male colleagues. No, the male colleagues. So if you had a show during the day, yeah, you got producers. Okay. If you had a show in the evenings or weekends, which is mainly what I worked for eight years, evenings and weekends. Think about that, right? Evenings and weekends for eight years. No producer. Not a shot, yeah, yeah, and not, a, and not a shot to be, not a shot to maybe, you know what, maybe we, should, we, can, we can try her out as uh, one of the co-hosts of the morning show or the afternoon show or whatever, right? You slug away, yeah, get your time in, blah, 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 all that BS they tell you. Like I'm new in the industry. Like 15 years in, I think, I think I'm good. Thanks for the, right? So that's the thing. You don't get, you don't really, you get disrespected like that. That's, that's not even good business. I'm really sorry, but that's not good business. Like that's just disregard for, humanity like i don't even know what to say to that like how rude is that like you don't even get a response to that so if, you, quit. you quit yeah and i yeah well basically that that statement i waited 10 days i waited 10 days after i sent my email and did not get a response and have you heard from them since when i released the statement obviously can we talk about this no i think i'm good i'll send you my two weeks notice and since then since then, nothing. That's unfortunate. 
isn't it? It's a whatever. It is what it is. But it's like, would you ask yourself that? Would you stand for that for yourself and for your own integrity and for what you've put into the industry, what you've put into the company, always taking shifts when you, you know, like think about that. Eight years of working evenings and weekends being, you know, like everyone says the yes man. I was the yes woman. I took that shift whenever I, you know, I was that person. I always filled in. Right. That's, that's disrespectful for someone who's been in service of your company for eight years. And if that's the way you're going to terminate me without even using those words of termination, without even using HR or whatever, then they still did not do it the proper way. Right. So I don't know. Right. Like, uh, no, listen, like, as, as I said, the, the term that comes to mind is that you are constructively terminated. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I still think it's rude as all hell because it wasn't even, rude, wasn't rude, even. Yeah, I don't think rude is the right word. Um, it's completely unprofessional. That's for sure. Yeah. Like that's the one thing where it's like, you know what, for, like I said, you do your due diligence and it's like not even a response back. How do you not respond? Wouldn't HR respond to me and say something? Come on. Right. So, you, so you you said that you've walked away and you said earlier that you've been unfortunate that for every door that's closed, another one has opened. Yeah. What are you hoping the next door that opens is? Honestly, for me personally, it's more so about letting people know what's up. Like this shit is real, you know, like, don't, don't think, I know in Canada, we always feel like, oh, black, you know, we're not really racist here or this, these social injustices don't really happen here. We're a great country. We are a phenomenal country. Okay. Um, my, my family is, we're immigrants. We, you know, I'm first generation Canadian. So this is a phenomenal country. Don't, don't let me like, let's not get things confused here. Yeah. However, however. <laughs> like, look at those numbers, 4% of on-air talent. And then I'm one, the only female that's actually been on that radio station and had a full, like, and actually been consistently on that station throughout its inception. And that's how I got treated. Come on, shit has to change. So what I hope happens is two things. One, I hope that by me, essentially, I know what I've done to myself too in the industry. No one wants to hire someone who has the guts to say something. And you know what? I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. You don't need to hire me. It's cool. You know what? But let's be fair to these other women coming up. Let's be fair. So if I get to open some eyes because of what I've been through and the big middle finger that I've pretty much given, you know, people by doing that, like that's, that's what I hope truly is that it sheds enough light for change to happen. And the other thing is that for women, like the last part of my statement was all about women in empowerment. And it's like, we have no problem being a woman when you're talking with your girlfriends. I know guys don't really do this all that much about relationships. Guys are, don't communicate as much as women do, but think about things like this. Like women have no problem telling their friends, you know, that guy's bad for you. You should cut him off. 
that's toxic. That relationship is toxic. Your friends here are toxic. But when it comes to a career that's to that's toxic, you know how hard that is to cut off, right? And you need to feel valued in every part of your life. So if that's in a relationship with, you know, a romantic relationship, it's with your friendships, it's with your family, it's with your job, right? You need to feel valued and you need to understand your own worth and to not put up with anything less. I know I'm better than that. And I know I'm a good broadcaster. I know I'm a good broadcaster. And I know I know so much about hockey. Like I, I don't even need to question that shit anymore. So like, so to me, it's like, I know I'm worth more than how you've treated me. So bye. I don't need that toxicity anymore. Okay. So, so bye means, bye means, as I said, it doesn't have to be retirement. No, no. Have anyone from Rogers or Bell or any other network reached out to you? No, I think they're scared. <laughs> Personally. But you, talk to, but you talk to them if they called. Yeah, I guess so. I, I Listen, what's wrong with listening? I'm, I always have an open ear to listen. I'm cool with that. So Dirk Hayhurst was on this podcast over the summer. Okay. And told a story that I'm curious your reaction to, and, and then we'll wrap up. I've, I've kept, kept you long enough on a Sunday evening. And so he, to he told the story that with the things that were going on with one of his co-hosts or colleagues, um, being on air on set with a laptop watching pornography and taking that to HR and or his boss and being told by that person or being asked by that person if he was sure that he wanted to make a formal complaint because the result of the formal complaint would be that Dirk Hayhurst would be the one mm -hmm. punished, not the offender. Right. Does that surprise you? No, because I've already experienced that. <laughs> Tell me more. Um, so I guess you're not the first person to want to talk to me about this situation. Um, in the coming weeks, there's going to be something else like kind of coming out in terms of coverage on this issue. And I don't need to be the spotlight. I, that's not why I did this. That, that, you know what I mean? I'm not about that. I want, like I said, I want shit to change. <laughs> like, let's open our eyes here. Let's change some things, right? And if it takes a radical statement to do it, fuck yeah, I'm part of that. Sorry for the... Sorry for the f bomb, but that's okay. it. Like, and that, and honestly, my whole my whole career has been nothing but respectful of other people and blatantly honest and full of hard work. So right now, I have nothing to hide because I know I've been truthful, and that's it. Um, and for this article that is going to come out, they asked me a whole bunch of questions. And they said to me, okay, so we're going to contact your boss at Sirius to double check and see like what his thoughts are. And I was like, oh no. And they're like, well, you can retract your statement. And I said, fuck no, <laughs> no. That fear of whatever he's going to say to make himself look better or whatever the case may be. That fear doesn't bother me because this is more important. 
than that fear I have. And it's not really a, it's, you know what I'm saying? It's not a fear. It's an uncomfortable feeling of, oh shit, you know, like shit's getting real kind of thing. Right. So I get what Dirk's coming from because, and for this article, they've had to fact check and talk to people and all that kind of stuff. And, um, talk to, talk to, uh, coworkers and even people that I've spoken to about feeling the gender bias while I was there, because this isn't my only complaint of gender bias. I had another complaint um, while at Sirius three years ago. So it's not like this is out of the blue for me. I already had a complaint. Um, so anyways, but people were backing out of potentially talking because they were worried about their own jobs, right? And that's really what it is. It's like a, it's like being an eyewitness to a murder or something. When you go on the stand, you don't, you don't end up going on the stand because you don't want to talk about it because you're worried about your own job, your own safety, your own livelihood, right? So I get where Dirk's coming from because, yeah, it's him on the line, right? That's what I mean for me. Whatever, if this, if this ends my tenure in the industry, who cares? If it gets someone else uh, an opportunity and it gets people to understand what's actually happening, then so be it, whatever. So, so to go full circle and to be clear, have you ever gone to HR at one of your employers with a complaint of that type of behavior wherein when you were told if you filed a formal complaint, you would be the one to be penalized, not the person who, who made the offensive act or gesture towards you? No, um, I haven't. Because okay. when I brought up my previous complaints, it was to my boss himself. And I did that. And, and I wanted to, I wanted to, but I didn't. I wanted to see what would be his um i guess his explanations first but so i always lost to complain about your boss being biased i went to my boss and i asked him to clarify why these things were happening okay can you clarify this this and this for me please i need to understand because you have to you have to understand what it looks like to me when you're making these decisions and i'm the only one getting Yep. right an, an unfair shake this is how it looks so you need to please clarify why this is happening i need to understand and what answers so, were you the answers were like an oversight like certain things were oversights like he didn't mean to do something that he did whatever and another thing you know so i was like oh okay all right and he apologized for the oversights so like all right if that's the case, so, and I always thought to myself, all right, if I feel this again, I'm definitely going to file with HR the second time. But I felt so slighted after not even getting a response that I was like, F this, whatever, screw okay, this. So, so when you said that, the question was, had you experienced something like Dirk Hayhurst said, you said you had. Oh, Sorry, I, I meant because of the fact that you're getting punished for the complaint itself. Gotcha. Which okay. is technically, which is technically what I've what's happened to gotcha. me. Yeah. Uh, my question was: have, have you ever been in a situation where 
you went to your boss and or HR and said, there is a degree of sexual discrimination going on at work. And the response was, if if you want to proceed with that. No, I've never been told like that. No, no, sorry. Okay. Yeah. I just took it as like, I literally, cause I, that's technically what's happening to me right now. So do you think, last question, I promise. I, I know I said it before. Do you think there are people who are protected in the industry who can do whatever they want? Ooh. You don't need to name names. Do you mean that in terms of like the higher ups, like the ones doing the hiring? No, I, I think it's more on air people, right? I mean, yeah, yeah listen. Yeah. No, no, listen, like what you watch, I'm not sure if you watched the uh the Roger Air show, the miniseries, which was unbelievable. You know, he was a person in very high position who was protected. Um, so, you know, true. Like, I'll ask the question a different way. Do you think there are people either in management or on air who are male who are protected from sexual bias and behavior? Oof. Or gender sexual bias and behavior? Yeah, you know what? I can't, I, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. How's okay. that? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for misunderstanding that earlier one. Good. It's just like, I just took the similarities in the two situations and I was like, yeah, that's kind of how what's happening right now. I kind of, like, I know I'm technically stabbing myself in my back, essentially, by doing, by speaking up and saying like this is what i've experienced um but like i said at this point i don't even care yeah listen i i think that in my opinion you didn't ask but when you say the sports industry is run by insecure middle-aged men who have a narrow mind idea of beauty and are scared of change but guess what change and evolution like that those are fighting words right so I think as long as you can back it up and substantiate it, which I think you can based on your own experience, I don't think you're necessarily stabbing yourself in the back. I like to believe that the cream rises to the top and that people who do good work will always find good work that needs to be done. That's, that's my hope. As I said, I think that, I think your career and reputation speak for themselves. So thank you. Whether Um, it's in broadcasting or something else, I hope you find something that, fulfills you and keeps you happy and keeps you healthy and safe. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you know what? Like, like I said, if we can kind of open our eyes a little bit wider, I guess you could say in terms of like, like you said, how many, how many women are actually out there? How many voices are you actually hearing? Like let's, and how many of them are during the day? Right. Um, when you think about it, what what circulates? I don't know if she's on the fan now or on e, uh, or on TSN radio, but I can't remember. I don't know her name, but she's got. She actually has a very similar voice to me, and um, as mine rather. And she's got the overnight show, and it, and it gets replayed. It's an American show. I think I don't know if it's on CBS or ABC Radio or something. And she's a female and she's like on overnights, oh, I don't know. but, but um, apparently she's 
one of the only ones as well, literally, and she's in the States and look at what time her show airs at like one o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. And like, it's an act, it's a real issue. And I, I don't know, can, what's your reason? What do you think the reasoning is behind it? I don't have an answer. I mean, I, I tried to write in my story that some plausible excuses, um, but you know, you're sitting in a city of somewhere between six and 7 million people, roughly 50% of which are women. Um, they've had no problem finding women on the TV side, looks notwithstanding, uh, fitting a mold notwithstanding. I think that traditionally <clears throat> talent, if you will, used to progress from behind the, behind the board to doing board ops and producing to doing overnights and updates. That used to be the progression. Yeah. I don't know if that still goes on. I don't get the feeling that it does. But if you look at one of the stations for sure, um, until Ashley got there, it was a lot of older to middle-aged men. Um, now, they've, they've, got, they've gotten younger a little bit here or there, but it, it's very white and very male for sure. Uh, yep. The other station's a little bit, it isn't as long in the tooth. Um, Andy is, I think she does phenomenal work. I think she's earned her stripes. I think she holds her own. Um, but she carries the torch, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and Here, here's what I know. If somebody wanted to change it, it could be changed. Correct. But the thing is I made, I said what I said, cause it's true. Cause it is pretty much middle-aged white guys making the decisions and what their idea of what they want to listen to is still getting put on the air, whether it's television or radio. And who's to say that that's actually what the demographics want. It's what they want, not actually what the demographics want. Cause I'll tell you right now, being in the industry as long as I have. So I was behind the scenes as interns. I was behind the scenes in the TV side, radio side, you name it all the guys that I ever talked to all the time are like, I don't really care what she looks like. She's got to know what she's talking about. Cause no one wants to hear someone talk about sports that don't know sports. Right. And that's really what it is. So it's like, why can't the decision makers get that through their thick skulls? Yeah. I don't know. It's beyond me, but just get people who know sports, who cares, you know, like, and. Well, radio is uh, easy because nobody cares what you look like. Yeah. Well, but you know what, though? It isn't easy. And the reason why I say it isn't easy is because you got to know your shit inside out in order to talk about it for a long time. No one's giving you a script to read. Okay. You got to be able to go off the cuff and talk. And that's why that's I know I that, I, you know, from a hiring perspective, you can't hide behind looks on radio. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. You totally can't. And that's maybe they haven't interviewed as much as many people. I don't know. Maybe they're, I, I don't, I don't, I don't Well, that's the number, the number one thing that I will hear is there's not enough female candidates. Yeah. Well, and you got to think too, is it a money issue or are less women getting into the radio side because there's more money in television? That could be a reason as well. Right. You, 
These are these are legitimate these are legitimate arguments though. Well, I wrote them. They're in my article. I, yeah. I, I wrote those things, but I'd like to think that with three million women in the GTA, there's more than one who can land on an all sports radio station. <laughs> I would like to think so too, but <laughs> man, I don't know. Right now, I guess not so much. So it's, uh, it's amazing. Well, I, I really appreciate you spending part of your Sunday with me. And thank you for asking. Uh, again, I hope you uh, I hope you find me something meaningful to do. Oh, I've already I've already moved on. I've been doing stuff on I've been doing stuff on the side while being on radio for years, and now I get to focus on it a hundred percent, which I'm really happy about. So well, we will uh, we will have you back on to talk hockey as opposed to have to talking through this stuff at some time in the future. Ah, it's all good. Thank you. Either way. Um, I really appreciate the time and uh, sorry for all the misunderstandings with your questions. I, I maybe I was just wanting to like uh, talk. I haven't punched things in a couple of days. I punch and kick things all the time. So maybe I haven't uh, punched things in a couple of days and I really need to get my angst out. <laughs> no excuses. No, no apologies necessary. Thank you for, for joining us and to all of you. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time on believe in the press row. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.